All right. So today I want to, um, I know you, you have your career, career, this moment we're talking about careers, skills, and all of that. So today I want to speak to you briefly. I hope it will be, I'm going to time myself 30 minutes. So whatever I get to in 30 minutes, I'll stop. I want to just speak to you about succeeding as a Christian. You see, your success is part of what God has designed to advance his kingdom. And we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and honor you and magnify your name. Please receive our thanks in Jesus' name. As we get into your word, please, Father, let this word explode in our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. What is the will of God for us concerning success? It's important we ground this first and foremost in Scripture. God wants you to succeed in the works of your hands. All right? So whether it's your academic pursuit or your career, whatever you're doing, whether it's a business or your career, God definitely wants you to succeed. All right? It's important to know this. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, tells us that God wants you to succeed in the works of your hand. He says, this book of the law will not depart, shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. So you may observe to do according to what is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God wants you to have good success. Now, what is good success? Good success is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and has no sorrow. So it's a type of success that has no regret. There is no but. All right? Good success. Okay? It's the success you have that is not at the expense of something important to you. So you don't succeed at the expense of your family. You don't succeed at the expense of your health. You don't succeed at the expense of being a nasty person of your character. You succeed with dignity. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of discomfort. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day at night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. What I, like, what I like about this scripture is that if the pattern of Christ is followed, it's telling us that, listen, success is not in a career. Success is in a person. Your success, listen carefully, uh, for all of us that are guys, guys in the house, you need to join our men's fellowship. We're having it tonight. It's every first Sunday of every month. We're having it tonight at 7 p.m. It's online, so you can join. I'm teaching on wealth creation. And if ever any time you need to start hearing that, it is now. I'm talking about wealth creation. Powerful principles on wealth creation. So you need to join us. Because if, there's, if, I, if I heard that when I was your age, my God, I would have dusted Elon Musk far behind me by now, you know. You know, this is telling you, this covers every career. It covers every career. Whatever it does shall prosper. Okay? God wants you to prosper in the works of your hand because your results in this kingdom matter. Your results matter. Secondly, we need to know that God not, doesn't just want you to succeed. He wants you to succeed continuously. So the concept of stop and start mountains and valleys is not scriptural. It's not biblical. The concept of, oh, I'm on the mountaintop, now I'm in the valley, is not scriptural. God wants you to succeed continuously, to go from one level of glory to another level of glory. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, incidentally. Proverbs 4, 18 says, the path of the righteous is like a shining light. It shines ever brighter, ever brighter. That means your best days are ahead of you. Say amen to that place. Oh, please say amen to that. Yeah. That's the prayer. Say amen to that. Yeah. Can you say with me, my best days are ahead of me? 
Yeah, your best days are ahead of you. So you shine ever brighter. You know, um, this morning when I was coming to church, I took the liberty of going to a previous building, House of Praise. We still own the building. We just leased it out to another church. So I took the liberty of just going on that street. I've not been there for some years now. So I took the liberty of going there. On the Sunday, I've not been there for years. So I just took the liberty of going back there. And I got to the street, and I saw, and, you know, I looked at it, you know, nostalgic feeling of what it used to look like on a Sunday when we were there in that building. The whole streets, the roads, cars everywhere. It wasn't anything close to that, you know. And I thought to myself, I said, there was a time when this was a major testimony for us, that place. So I said to myself, what can we fit into that building now? Nothing. I drove to the place where we used to use as a teenage church. I looked at it and I said, wow. Was it really true that the teenagers were here at one point? And now we look at what, what is our teenage church now. All of the, what we thought was top-line equipment that we had in Lemon Drive, then LED wall, all of that stuff that we had in the main church is what is in the teenage church now, the image church. See, God wants you to go from glory to glory. So when I drove into this place today, driving to this place today, there was no parking in the parking lot, obviously. Um, just because I'm the pastor of the church, I had to beg, beg, please, 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 please. So they allowed me to just find a place to park my car. So I came in and I parked my car. And I said to myself, that's the same way I will come here in some years later. And I will say to myself, wow, how did we ever fit into that building? You see, because God wants your path to shine ever brighter, ever brighter. Okay? Um, let me rush. Yeah, let me rush. Okay. Number three, God wants your success to be enduring. You know, now, if it did not start with you, sorry, if it, if, if it did not start with your parents, then it can start with you. All right? If your parents were not Christians and, you know, and all of that, that's fine. That's all right. That's all right. Don't knock them. Don't blame them. It can start with you. The parent of Abraham was never really a covenant person. His name was Terah. Terah. But it started with Abraham. Abraham became a covenant person. And then Abraham's son, Isaac, became a covenant person. And the son of that one, Jacob, became a covenant person. And the son of that one, Joseph, just pick Joseph out of the son of Jacob, sons of Jacob, he became a prime minister in Egypt. So something great can start with you. You can become a patriarch and start a line of great men and women. Can I hear an amen from somebody? So you can have what is called enduring success. Okay? Now, the brief summary of this is that God wants you to have good success. He wants you to have continuous success. And he wants you to have enduring success. It's success that cannot be shaken, not even by the forces of darkness. Not by circumstances. Not by prevailing situations. Whatever economic situation is dominant at any particular time, it can't touch it. Your success continues on the same trajectory. On the same trajectory. There is no dip on your graph. It just keeps going at the same rate. If anything at all, it changes the rate of growth. I'm praying for somebody here today under the authority of my voice, whether you're at home watching this or you are here in the name of Jesus. Today marks the end of failure in your family. If you have ever known failure before, and I'm praying for somebody, and I don't know, maybe the person is on this side, maybe the person is even at home. If you've ever known failure before, that's the last time you will ever know failure. You will not know failure again. All right. Quick question then we need to ask, and this is a very important question. Why does God want you to succeed? 
You see, if you fail at this point, you will never be able to get God's cooperation in your life. You need to answer the question, why? Why is God Almighty that created the heavens and the earth, the ageless one, the all-powerful God? Why is he interested in me? Why me? What's the big deal? Why? There are billions of people now they tell, me, tell us over 8 billion people are in the world. So why is he interested in one person out of 8 billion? Why is he interested in me? Why? What's the fascination? That's the same question that David asked in Psalm 8. What is man that you're mindful of him? Why does God want your success? Look at this is the answer. Please write down if you're writing. If you're one of those writing, write down. If you're one of those capturing it in your photographic memory, please capture it. And store it in your long, 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 long-term memory. Praise God. No, because we have different capacities. I'm the type of person that writes in a place so that I don't forget. There's some, there are many people I went to school with that have photographic memories. Okay? They're the they smart, smart, smart ones. So, success brings influence. And God wants to use this influence that your success is going to bring to advance in kingdom interests on earth. Success brings influence. That's it. Your success will bring influence to you, and that influence is what God, God wants to use to advance his interest. So when you, God helps you and you succeed, you're going to have influence. That influence, God wants to use it. You know, and the way you, it's, it's not, this is not even just about preaching. You see, we, we, when, we, when we preach, listen carefully, listen. When we preach with words, words, it's called evangelism. Evangelism. When we preach with words, it's called evangelism. When we preach with, with our values, okay, it's called influence. Influence. Now, so here you are now, you, and, and I, I mean, there are quite a few here. You know, one of my daughters wrote me an email a few, two weeks ago. She's just young lady. She's still in, she's in, uh, 27 or so this year. Yeah, 27 this year or so. She's, she's in the next couple of weeks, she's going to be a director, promoted to be a director in a major, major multinational company. You know, so she's going through the process now. At 27, my daughter became a VP of a multi, big, massive Fortune, Fortune 500 company at the age of 30 going to 31. A VP. True. You know, if you want to talk to her, she's there in the bookshop, you can go talk to her. True. So, so but you see, what, the, what this success does for you is that when you get to those positions, you have influence. You have influence. Now, this influence, you don't need to preach to people. No, that's not what you do at that point. What you do at that point is your values. You have Christian values, Christ-inspired values. Are you with me? Come on. Are you with me, church? Come on, at the back, are you with me? Yeah, you have Christ-inspired values. Your values speak louder than your words. The values of integrity, they speak no, you, you, you'll be amazed. Well, you know, today we talk about, you know, the developed world, the developed world, you know, Western world, you know, uh, uh, the developed world. Uh, we talk about Western civilization. Now, many of you have done philosophy, you've done European history, you've done all manners of things. So you can bear me witness. I'm not an expert in this field, but definitely I'm knowledgeable in it. Okay? 
The barbarians, people that we call barbarians, actually, you know, you see it in scripture, barbarians is also in history. They used to live in a place called, they were not in Africa, they were living in Europe. I don't know what the people in Africa were called by that time, but they were living in Europe, barbarians. These were people that don't know how to behave, they just, they, they were not civilized. Completely uncivilized, unruly, that's it, unruly. These are the people that don't queue up, they don't understand mean, meaning of first in, first out, you know, first come, first serve, they don't know anything like that. They are very unruly. And we know for sure that the Germans were given, they were very lazy and gluttonous in history. What changed? Christianity. Christianity came into Europe, then the values of Christianity permeated these societies. And so in Scotland, in Scotland, uh, they used to teach in Scotland and used to speak, I've forgotten the name right now, and I'll remember later on, of the leaders of the Christian movement there in Scotland that used to say, cleanliness is next to godliness. That was, all the, that was the phrase they came up with. And that helped people to be clean. That helped people to be clean. Honesty is the best policy is another one. You've heard of that, right? Come on, have you heard of all of this? Yeah, honesty is the best policy. These are values that were coined from the inspiration of Christ. And without preaching, honesty is the best policy. John Calvary, that started Calvary, you know, where we have all this chocolate and all of these nice things that we take, you know, he was a Quaker, Quaker. You know, these were people that believed a lot in holiness and believed in welfare. So a lot of welfare, helping people, lifting people out of poverty, came out of the teachings, the teachings of the Quakers, the Quaker movement. And we saw how it permeated in space of work. So when God permits you to succeed, okay, when he permits you to succeed, he gives you influence. And based on that influence, you are able to influence the people within your magnetic field, your circle of influence. Are you still with me, anybody here? Yeah, that's why God wants you to succeed. If you lose sight of this particular reason, you push God away. Okay? So, even if this, this, this is what I'm going to say. If I stop here today, I'm, I'm happy. Look at this now. Esther chapter 10 verse 3. It says, Mordecai the Jew was second to the king. One translation says he was prime minister. He was great. If it had stopped there, he was great. That would have been wrong. But he said he was great among the Jews. Well received. That means goodwill. By the multitude of his brethren. Why? Come on, speak to me. Read it. Why? Come on, at the back. Read it. I want to hear you. Seeking the good of his people. That's it. That's why God wants you to succeed, because of his people. He wants your success to influence other people. He wants your life to be so significant that it will impact other people. Speaking peace to his, to his countrymen. All right? Look at the New Living Translation. It was the prime minister and next to the king. He was held in high esteem. Why? Because he continued to work for the good of his people and speak up for the welfare of their descendants. You know, I, I, I know this for sure. If any pastor in this world, any leader of any ministry, wants to get God involved in the ministry, it's very simple. The way to do it is not to set goals for yourself and say, this is what I want to achieve in ministry. If you do that, God is not going to be involved. The best way to do it is to allow your success as a person to be defined by the success of the people. See your success as the, the success of the people. See it as your success. If you can't help the people succeed, you, then you, you can't attract God. I've practiced this for 23 years, and I've seen that this is true. That's what it is. 
let, let God use you to help to raise the people up. When the people are raised up, you get more and more of the expression of God through your life. Okay? So this is what's going on. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 12. So David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, for the good of his people, the CEV translation says. All right. So God will not support your desire to succeed if your motive is just to be comfortable in life. So if all you want to do is, yeah, I want to be a director at the age of 25. Oh, I want to do this. I have my goal set up. I'm going to do this and do this. Be a vice president of a Fortune uh, 500 company, you know, or if it's in England, a FTSE 100 company, I'm going to be, you know, uh, a VP there before I'm 30. Pastor, before I'm 30, I'm going to be so wealthy, I'm going to have five Rolls Royce, I'm going to be living in mansions all across. I'm five major cities in the world, I want to have houses that are worth at least $10 million each. Congratulations. What a very small dream. The Bible says you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. You want to spend it on your own pleasures. Listen to this now. NLT says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what to give you pleasure. So I'm trying to show you here right now, how many of you really want to succeed? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to. I want to succeed. And this is the biblical pattern of what it takes to succeed. It says, you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. So that tells you that if you really want, if you, if you, if you inverse this verse of scripture, all right? If you inverse it, it means that where it says you don't get, you ask, you don't get. You ask, you get because your motives are right. Because all you want is to make sure your life is a blessing to other people. So this, if your dream and your aspiration is to be comfortable in life, then your dream is too small. You will not get girl support. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. By God's grace, I'm not uncomfortable. Let's just put it that way. I'm not uncomfortable as a person in any ramification. By God's grace, I'm not uncomfortable. Okay? And I'm grateful to God for that. But that's not my goal. That was not my goal when I set out. And that's still not my goal. Okay? I've, listen, many things that many people run after for me, it's incredible how those things run after me. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I was in this, not, of course, we're not in this building. In 2012, well, I'm in a previous building, Lemo Drive. A family woke up to me and said, Pastor, you know, they just wanted to take me out for lunch. So I felt, okay, maybe they just wanted to say something very important to me. Maybe uh, they've been in the house to praise them for some years. Maybe they wanted to... Um, you know, exit, and they just wanted me to pray for them. Why not? It's okay. So I was going to do that. And then, you know, this person started speaking to me and speaking to me about um, uh, if I could um, open up, if I'm open to a week in summer where I can um, go on vacation. Frankly speaking, at that point, I wasn't feeling vacation. I, didn't, I felt I didn't need a vacation. So I said, no, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But I don't think I wanted that. So are you sure? Mm, not really. So the person had an iPad in their hand. Then the person took the iPad and just flipped through one, two, three. And just showed me a private jet and where the private jet would take me to. And all of that. So I said, hang on a minute. 
Let me, let me look at my calendar again. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I said, you won't believe this. A space just opened up straight away in my calendar. That's how a space miraculously opened up in my calendar. And July, I think, was of that year. Myself, Topsy, you know, we, we got on the... Pra- I mean, I've been living in Canada at that point for 13 years. I didn't even know. I, I know there was a private airport. I've gone there to meet um, Daligio, Pastor Deboe, to welcome him into Canada. But uh, I did not know the process. Just got there, welcoming him. He came down, welcoming him and all of that. Then just I was sitting in my house and the Roosevelt showed up. Picked me up in front of my house. I remember that day it was drizzling. And the man came to my door, pressed the bell, and opened up the umbrella and helped me into the car, into the Bentley. He said, ask me, is it too warm, is it too cold? I said, nobody ever asked this kind of question. <laughs> Give me water on my way to the airport. Because the person said I wanted to have a full experience. I got to the airport. The pilot came to the car, helped me with the bags. I said, Nakama Koshakatayara. This is life. You know, entered the jet, got to where we're going to, I mean, one very dangerously luxurious hotel, enjoyed ourselves for the whole week. But this was the point that really baffled me. I left Canada, got into the US. Now, you have to understand my own experience of trying to go to the US when I was in London. Got into the US, didn't even check anything. It looks, like the, you know, it looks like the border was porous. But it was not porous. It was only open for a particular level. Those things people seek after, they were added to me. You know, many, many, many more like that. You know, you've got to understand what I'm sharing with you today. If your dream is just to be for yourself, to be comfortable, I used to be like that. I'm not knocking you, I'm not condemning you. I used to be like that. Until I said no, until I realized that no, I want to get God's cooperation. I want to get God's support in my life. Then I expanded my dream. So then, what are the kingdom principles that guarantee success then? Let's look at it quickly. I still have some time. Incredible. Number one, acquisition of marketable skills. You need to acquire marketable skills. Skills are very important. And I'm glad that this whole month we're having, we're touching on different areas of careers starting from today. Please make sure you really engage. Starting from today. When we first started this, in those days, we used to bring people out, pay a lot of money. I was so committed to this. We get people from experts from different places all across. We brought in CEOs of uh, different companies here. We've done a lot of that. But today now, people have risen up a lot in House of that are in very senior positions in their careers, and they're going to be the ones doing all of this today. Come on, give some, God some praise in the house. Yeah. Every one of them, you know, give God praise for that. So acquisition of marketable skills, why? Skills induce confidence in you. You need to be skillful. You know, now you are on a particular level of skill right now, but notice the word I'm saying. I'm not just talking about skills. I'm talking about marketable skills. Marketable skills. So that's why if you need to change career, change career. If you need to understand this, everything you learn in university, particularly in certain dimensions, all right? Everything you learn in university, particularly in certain dimensions, they are not necessarily marketable, transferable to the market immediately. I hope you understand what I'm saying. They are good as in they give you a good foundation, but they're not immediately transferable to the market. Okay? So you need to acquire marketable, marketable skills. All right? Based on what is needed in the market today. Skills set you apart from a field of mediocres. There's so, many, there's so much mediocrity going on in the world today. But when you know what you're doing and you confidently express 
that you know what you're doing, you are set apart. It's not very difficult to be in the top 1% in your field. I can tell you this, it's not very difficult. When I first started out, I used to think, oh my God, this is so hard. It's going hard. No, it's not very difficult. It only takes a little, and you know, I must be honest with you. Let, let, me, let me say this to you. A pastor asked me, this was many years ago now, about 10 years ago. He said, Pastor Wale, how are you able to preach the way you preach? Different, different sermons at different, different levels on, to different, different groups of people. How are you able to do this? How do you remember scripture? How do you do this? And I told him, I said, you know, for me, it's very simple. I said, the same approach I applied when I was in pharmacy school in the university is exactly the same approach I applied. When I was in the school in the university, there were some of my colleagues that when I'm going to study, when I'm going to read, they'll be making fun of me. They'll be making fun of us that are going to read. When we're going to study, they make fun of us. When we come back from reading, they make fun of us. Then when the results come out, we make fun of them. <laughs> I said, it's not that these people are not smart. When I was, when I was in university, the guy that got the highest mark to come into the university, we used to have an exam called the Joint Admission Matriculation Board Exam. It's called JAM. In my, in my time, all right, this was in the 80s now, the, the total mark was 400. 400. So you had, you had four subjects, 100 each. Now, to get to study medicine, just to give you an idea, to study medicine in the top most universities in Nigeria at that time, you just needed to score between two, anything above 270. 275, 270, 280, you will get into the top three universities to study medicine. So that just gives you an idea. These people, there are people in my set that had 340, 350 to come into pharmacy school. And they were not in the top 20 coming out of pharmacy school. What happened to them? They had the capacity, they had the potential, but they did not apply themselves. There's a lot of mediocrity going on. People get distracted by many things, a lot of mediocre. If only you can just add a bit more to yourself, and a bit more to yourself, and a bit more to yourself, before you know what's happening, you look around you, you are first among equals. And I'm praying for somebody here today, you will be outstanding in Jesus' mighty name. I'm praying, maybe the person is at the back there, I'm praying for somebody today, you will be outstanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, by the grace of the Almighty God, this church is outstanding. This church is in the top 1% in our, in our tribe, in our family. Not top 1%, actually. I was just trying to be humble there. Let me just tell you the fact. It is the top number one. No, no doubt about that. It's a fact. It's a fact. So I might as well just say the fact. It is number one. I pray, so this is the grace of God, not me, grace of God. So that grace is available to you. I pray in what you are doing, you will be top in Jesus' mighty name. So acquisition of marketable skills. So I'm talking of number one in North America, okay? Not marketable skills. Skills set you apart from the field of mediocres. Second thing, quickly, is appreciating the value that God's favor will play in your life. Never, never underestimate that. I am a product of favor. I'm a product of favor. Appreciating the value that God's favor will play in your life. Why? Because the favor of God compels men to open doors for you without expecting anything in return. So there's no quit, quit, what do you call it, quit copro, what, what do you call it? There's no give, give me and give, okay, in Africa, let, this is what they call it in Africa, scratch my back, I scratch your back. You know, basically there's no do for me, I do for you. It doesn't happen that, that way. People will go to all and risk their life and careers just to help you. 
my daughter is a VP. That's what happened to her. That's what happened to her. How did she become a VP at 30, going to 31? I've said the story several times because every time I say it, and I love saying the story because it just keeps amazing me what the favor of God can do. She got into a place, and she was working in the place, and she was working as a contractor. I remember very, very, some years ago, she was working as a contractor. And then the lady that hired her was reporting to her, of course, her own boss was a VP. This lady was like a director, senior manager level, and was, she, was, she was just a BA, business analyst. But she was having issues with her own boss. This lady was having issues with her own boss. I still remember her name was Denise. I remember her. She was having a big issue with her boss. Eventually, she quit on the boss. And they were in the midst of a project. So she wanted to spite the boss, so she wanted to pull my daughter out of the place. But my daughter just got a job after waiting for like six months to get a job or so. So she asked me, I said, stay. Stay there. So she stayed. So the VP wanted to make sure she stayed. So the VP came to her and said, I don't want this project to collapse. You know a lot about this project at this time now. Can you stay? She said, oh, mm -hmm. she said don't go. Don't go with Denise. You know what? And she gave her an offer and made her a director. True life story. Then two years later, that VP, she was fired. She was fired. She left the place. About 18 months later, about 18 months later, she left the place, she was fired. So this my daughter is now a director, she's working, she was reporting to another VP. Then about a month after that, she called my daughter and said, hey, guess what? Our exact words, I've got a bigger gig. She said, now I run a staff of 300 people, I run it, sorry, I run a budget of $300 million as of that time, and I have a bigger staff now. I wanted to come. Now, she had signed a non-compete agreement when she was exiting the organization. So she's risking a lot. She called her for, 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 for tea in the afternoon in a restaurant downtown. And they had that conversation and they said, okay, he said, I want you to come and join me. Okay, he said, so what am I gonna do? He said, I'm, I'm, if you say yes, if you want to come and join me, you will come in. He said, but then you have to go to the process, call this agency since I cannot bring you in directly. Call this agency, call this person, call this person, you don't worry, and then we'll do it. And she called and called and called these people, and then she walked through the interview. So when I think about the story, I'm always thinking to myself, imagine the people that went to interview when my daughter was also going for an interview. It's not fair. <laughs> and those people would have been studying and studying and studying and think that the position was open, whereas the position was never open. Do you know how many interviews some of you have gone to that you think the position is open? And it was never open. They finished the whole deal in the coffee shop at Starbucks. And she brought her in as a VP. True life story. Now she herself now controls a budget of a billion dollars. True, true, no exaggeration. You know, the favor of God, the place, the favor of God. When I was coming to this country, when I was coming to this country, in 1999, November 15th, 1999, Monday, I remember, based on what God has enabled me to do in Jesus House, London, somebody said, I want to give you a blessing. I want to give you something you will never forget in your life. Took me and Topsy to the general overseer, Pastor E. A. in his private home to meet him, to pray for us. Took both of us, I remember that day, Monday afternoon, we met Pastor Deboe in his living room, chatted with him and everything, we spoke for about 30 minutes, then he said, or he said, we're going to come. I said, all right, guys, kneel down. And he prayed for us, he said many things, but what I still remember from it is that he said, you will find favor with God and find favor with man. That's what he said. And, you know, when I look back now, 20-something years now, that was 1999, 
when I look back now, 20 something years later, you can judge. Have I found favor with God? Have I found favor with man? What the favor of God can do? The favor of God is what can convert your mistakes, into, your mess and your mistakes into a miracle. I, I can tell you this. The favor of God accelerates your progress. Okay? It forbids a pattern of disappointments in your life. When things are not working, you say, oh, when things are not working, they're not working, they're not working, it's because you're lacking favor. Favor just needs to come upon you. So you need to know, as you are going out there today for all these different seminars and panel meetings, and you're getting, acquiring skills, please also understand that you need to appreciate the place for favor. I'm stopping here today and right now. Now listen carefully. This is what I'm going to do. I want to strongly encourage you. How many of you like the favor of God in your life? Now, even if you are already working in favor, please understand. I've been, I've been working in favor in 1999, but the favor of God I'm working in in 1999 is not the same level I'm in now. Favor increases. Even Jesus grew in favor when he was here on earth. Favor increases. Next week Sunday, I'm going to be praying for you for favor. I'm going to be imparting you by the Spirit of God for favor. All right. Very good. I said to myself that if I say it and you're not excited, I'll take it off the table. So, I'm just, you know, now, now, just one second, because this is important. You look at what it's number two says. It says, appreciating the value of God. It didn't say God's favor. It says, appreciating the value. Uh -huh. Not just God's favor. You have to appreciate the value. If you don't have, please appreciate. Uh, an appreciable value on that favor. It, value doesn't flow to you if you don't have appreciable, uh, place appreciable, uh, you don't have an understanding to appreciate it. So, uh, I would have to think about that again. But, uh, but, today, all right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you very much for your mechanical excitement. But, <laughs> but, but I'll be here by God's grace if Jesus tarries next week Sunday. So that's fine. And we'll take it up from there. And, but today I want to um, pray for you as you go that God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom to acquire all the marketable skills you need to acquire. The skill set you need, the direction you need for your career, your business, the insight you need, the direction you need to go. The Bible says it's the one that teaches us to profit. I pray for you today for wisdom. May that wisdom come upon you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Everything you will need to know where to go, the clarity you will need for you to know exactly what to do in your career, in your pursuits in life. I pray for you right now. Receive that clarity in Jesus' name. Receive that clarity in the name of Jesus. If you're here this today and you're confused in one area or the other, that cloud of confusion, I command it to be dispelled from you in Jesus' name. You will no longer be confused in Jesus' name. From this day, the one that is called the light of the world, may he shine his light on your path in Jesus' mighty name. So it is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.